Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk for you. I assume that back in the day when nations had kings, they wanted their kings to be strong. Nobody wants a sissy king, but a mighty one. I want to talk about a king who got strong, and it was not a good thing. His name was Uzziah. Uzziah was one of the kings of Judah. He ascended the throne when he was only 16 years old. His father, Amaziah, had started out good but lapsed into idolatry and then fell before his enemies. When he died, his young son, Uzziah, became the king of Judah. The Bible says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. A godly counselor whose name was Zechariah taught him the ways of God, and it says that as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Uzziah had a long reign, 52 years. During his time on the throne, he had many significant accomplishments. Uzziah was very successful in war. We're told God helped him against the Philistines, Israel's perennial enemy, and against other enemies as well. He built towers in Jerusalem as well as in the desert where he dug also many cisterns for his flocks, which were numerous. He had farmers and vine dressers in the hills and in the fertile lands for, we are told, he loved the soil. Also, Uzziah had over 300,000 soldiers who, the Bible says, could make war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. In Jerusalem, he made machines of war invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. All of this success came to King Uzziah because he had trusted in God. But then a change came. Note this strange statement from 2 Chronicles 26, 15. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Did you catch that? He was marvelous, marvelously helped until he was strong. Uzziah's downfall began not when he was weak, but when he became very strong. As I pointed out in the beginning, nobody wants a weak king, but when Uzziah became a mighty king known far and wide for his strength, his troubles began. Why? Because when he became strong, he became proud, which led to to his destruction. Remember that as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. It wasn't the weapons of war and the numerous soldiers. It was God. When he totally relied on God, he was successful. When he began to focus on his human abilities, he fell. Paul, the great apostle of Christ, learned this lesson well. Listen to his words in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for 
I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God worked in mighty ways through Paul. When, when you read the book of Acts, it seems he almost single-handedly spread the church throughout the Mediterranean world. Of course, I know many were involved, but few were as effective as Paul. By his own testimony in 1 Corinthians 15, he worked harder than any of the other apostles, but he is quick to add, it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. In addition to his effectiveness as a missionary, he wrote many books of the New Testament and had amazing heavenly revelations, so amazing that he could not even talk about them using human language. I've seen boastful preachers who had done a lot less than Paul for the gospel of Christ. So to keep him from being proud and boastful, there was given to him what he calls a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. The word translated harass or buffet literally means to punch somebody in the face. A messenger of Satan was unleashed on Paul to continually punch him in the nose, so to speak. This was clearly not some one-time occurrence, but a condition he had to learn to live with. Why? It was given to him to make him weak. That may not sound right. We, we don't want to be weak. Just read the memes on Facebook that encourage us to always be strong. But Paul found that strength only came through his own personal weakness, the weakness that resulted from this thorn in the flesh. He begged God to take it away from him, but God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on to say that he glories in his weakness, because when he is weak, then he is strong. That statement doesn't seem to make sense, and that it's at the heart, though, of what it means to be effective for the kingdom. God's work cannot be done in human strength. We are up against spiritual forces of evil that are too much for us. Our ingenuity, our clever ideas, our wonderful education, none of it will avail. Only the power of God can get the job done. And that power comes to us when we come to the end of ourselves and realize that we are helpless, we are weak. That's the place Paul came to. And that's why such mighty works were done through him. That's why down to this very day, many centuries after he lived, we are still benefiting from what God did in his life. How many men of God have fallen 
because of their pride. They've trusted in themselves and their abilities and convinced themselves that God was really lucky to have them on his team. They've been brought down before the eyes of all. It's always tragic. Do you have a weakness? Do you wish you didn't? That weakness may indeed be your best friend if you're trying to serve the Lord. Because as long as you depend on yourself and what you think you have to offer God, you will not be fruitful in his work. But when you begin to glory in your weakness, as Paul did, you will become a channel of the grace of God. Remember that grace is that which is freely given to us by God, that which we cannot earn. It is through God's grace that lives are changed. Men and women and young people come to saving faith in Christ. Let me close with Paul's words from 1 Corinthians 15, 10. It was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. What do we in God's work need more than anything? God's grace. How do we get it? By humbling ourselves and embracing our weakness. For when we are weak, then we are strong. Heavenly Father, we all have many weaknesses. I know I certainly do. We don't like our weaknesses. We want them to go away. We want to feel strong and we want to feel confident. We want to feel like we've got it all together. But Lord Jesus, the key to strength, according to your word, is to glory in our weaknesses and to let the power of Christ rest upon us. So I pray for those listening to this quiet talk that in their weaknesses, they will find the strength of the Lord. They will find that God's grace is enough and they will glory and boast in their weaknesses so that the power of Jesus will rest upon their lives. I pray that in his precious name, amen. My dear friends, I ask you again, as always, to pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where in our human weakness, we are trying with God's help to establish a work for Christ in the Schenectady and in the Albany, the capital district of New York. If you are in the area, we meet Sundays at eight or ten o'clock. Sundays at ten o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is at eighteen o nine Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in the area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. As always, you may reach me by email at father dot jones at outlook. May God richly bless you.